0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child
1: So this week, everybody has been talking about a whistleblower complaint from an intelligence community member about Trump's Ukraine calls. Well, we got the complaint today, and it is eye-opening. It's damning, and it's what we're going to be talking about on this episode of Worldly, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Zach Beecham here as always with Jen Williams and Alex Ward. Hi. Happy Day. Happy Whistleblower Day everybody. Happy Whistleblower Day. It's it's only partially happy because uh it's good that we have this information but holy crap is this bad information about what's happening in our government. But before we get into the details of that, Jen, I want to start with with how we got here, right? Like very briefly, what is the process that led to this complaint going public?
2: Right. So, there was a whistleblower within the intelligence community. We don't know who it is, we don't know anything about their identity. But they basically filed a complaint to the Inspector General. So there's this process whereby if you work in the intelligence community and you see something that's going funky, that you think is wrong or bad or illegal, you can instead of like leaking to the press, you can go through this formal process. You submit a complaint. That then went through the proper channels and it was determined that this was a legitimate complaint, which means that therefore they have to send that complaint to Congress. However, the acting director of national intelligence, who is basically the one who was in charge of doing so, countermanded that and said, no, we're not sending it. It turned into this big fight. The White House eventually ended up declassifying it, releasing it anyway, and that's where we are today.
1: Only after it got to Congress. Right. And there was a lot of selective leaking to the press. And yesterday, we got the readout of or a transcript of the call between President Trump and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, that really is the center of this, right? Uh, and so, Alex, what was the sort of key takeaway from that transcript?
3: The key takeaway from that July twenty fifth call is that uh, basically it looked like Trump leaned on the Ukrainian president to to look into his political rival. Joe Biden, uh, and particularly his family, and on top of that, even an American cybersecurity company named uh, CrowdStrike based on a, a right-wing conspiracy theory. So that's not supposed to happen, right? The president of the United States should not be using uh, his power to lean on a foreign country to investigate American citizens, especially a political rival, because it's really more for political gain than it is for the national interest. So there, people are parsing it in different ways, but that's if you're looking at the top line, that's kind of it that Trump may looks like, uh, and again, this transcript came out from the... The White House, like they tweeted it out, right? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> um, yeah.
2: And just to be clear, we're calling it a transcript because that's kind of shorthand, but it's not actually a verbatim transcript, uh, which we will actually talk about a little bit more detail when we get to this whistleblower complaint. But what it was was basically a reconstructed uh, transcript. So you have officials in the White House who were listening in on this call. They get together, share notes. The White House decided what kind of version of the call they wanted to put out, and that's what we got. So we don't know what was left out, what was you know, included, if this was completely accurate, which brings us to why this whistleblower complaint is so important, because this kind of gives us the the backstory of what's going on and helps us fill in the gaps of what we might have been missing from that
1: call. So the whistleblower uh, did not listen to the call firsthand, though it is the centerpiece of the complaint. Instead, the whistleblower's account was compiled by speaking to multiple different people in, I believe, the State Department and the intelligence community who had listened to the call or seen readouts of it and had raised concerns. This person... Got heard about it through multiple different channels, some from inside the White House even, and basically put all of it together to create one of, uh, in my opinion, professionally one of the best pieces of investigative journalism that we've seen in the Trump era. Totally I, agree. Yeah, um, but the the core of the complaint and the first key line is this: In the course of my official duties, I have received information from multiple U.S. government officials that the President of the United States is using the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020. U.S. election. This interference includes, among other things, pressuring a foreign country to investigate one of the president's main political rivals. All right, that's the claim. Now let's dig into the evidence for that claim.
3: So why don't we go down the line on some of the, uh, I on on Twitter while on the bus, shakily circled some areas of this whistleblower report that I think are are some of the key passages. So we can just kind of go down the line on some of them. So here's one. The White House officials who told me this information were deeply disturbed by what had transpired in the phone call. They told me that there was already a quote-unquote discussion ongoing with White House lawyers about how to treat the call because of the likelihood in the officials retelling that they had witnessed the president abuse his office for personal gain.
1: Basically what they are saying, these officials quoted by the whistleblowers, that the president on the call was trying to abuse the powers of office in order to help himself get— elected again in 2020 by hurting biden uh we know that this is true because we saw the transcripts or readout that we were talking about earlier right and you know i read that very closely yesterday put a piece up it's a close read of it on the site and it really does seem like trump is conditioning u.s military aid which we'll talk about a little bit more later to ukraine on the Ukrainian president's cooperation with this anti-Biden effort. So the whistleblower here is citing secondhand sources. Again, the whistleblower didn't listen to the call. But the description from these sources is 100% accurate, indicating that this person has talked to the right people and actually knows what's going on inside the White House.
2: Right. And I just want to highlight what's really important. Uh, Another thing that's really important about this passage is it talks about something that we're going to get into, which is basically a cover-up, right? This call happened and... As this passage says, there's already discussion ongoing with White House lawyers about how to treat the call. People who had heard this call were like, this is probably not great. We just literally heard the president do something that might be, I don't know, illegal or at least not a great thing. So they immediately were in conversation with White House lawyers about how to handle the call, which we'll get into in right, another passage, right now, right now, in,
1: right now. In fact, um, this is this is one of the most striking things I think in the entire whistleblower complaint. Um, it's the beginning of section two of the complaint, and and the whistleblower writes, in the days following the phone call, I learned from multiple U.S. officials that senior White House officials had intervened to lock down all records of the phone call, especially w- the word-for-word transcript of the call that was produced, as is customary in the White House Situation Room. White House officials told me that they were directed by White House lawyers to remove the electronic transcript from the computer system in which such transcripts are typically stored for coordination, finalization, and distribution to cabinet-level officials. Instead, the transcript was loaded into a separate electronic system that is otherwise used to store and handle classified information of an especially sensitive nature. One White House official described this act as an abuse of the electronic system because the call did not contain anything remotely sensitive from a national security perspective. Jesus.
2: Right. So, quick summary here. There's a verbatim, word-for-word transcript that is apparently produced in the White House Situation Room on all calls like this they immediately, they being White House officials, apparently immediately took that and said, we're not going to file this in the normal file where we put stuff like this that is then like disseminated to cabinet officials and and other people who need to see what happened on this call. We're going to put it in this like super secret squirrel spy. You have to have the fancy code word just to get into it. Section of filing. In other words, Hiding it, that is not something you normally do. That is something you do if you're talking about, like, a super-duper secret covert operation that's, like, really sensitive. Not unlike a friendly, how-do-you-do call with a foreign leader congratulating them on winning and talking about whatever.
3: Yeah, I think the key point, and you highlighted it, is that this is not— it was not put in there for national security reasons, which right. is why you would put it there. This is for like to save Trump's butt, S. right? <laughs> or like this was a cover, a CYA move. Uh, it was to make sure the politics of this didn't get out of hand. Like that is the definition of a cover up.
1: So, so the timeline is like this, right? It's it's one so far anyway. One, the president has this call in which he essentially tries to strong arm the Ukrainian president. Two, a number of different White House officials and lawyers, we don't actually know who, the whistleblower complaint doesn't name names on this point, which is frustrating, Uh, but these White House officials— immediately saw how damaging it would be and went into damage control mode. And then three, one of the things that they did to try to lock up the transcript and make sure nobody knows about the president doing something wildly inappropriate is to abuse the system for hiding and holding classified information. To politicize it, essentially, turning our vault of intelligence information into a tool for protecting the president's political interests, which— This isn't just one isolated instance of the president making a bad phone call and saying something that is wrong, which would be bad enough in its own right. And I think, and I've written this, an an impeachable offense, it's that he conscripted a huge chunk of the White House and uh, the national security infrastructure and architecture into protecting himself from this. So it's a massive abuse of classification and uh, and a systematic corruption of the White House process.
2: To be clear, based on this, complain alone. We don't know that Trump directed anyone That's to do true. this. It could have just been that they said, the boss just did something really bad. Uh, we should probably hide that. So just just so we're clear, uh, it's entirely possible he did say, hey, hide that. Based on his uh, kind of response and reaction lately, he seems to think he did nothing wrong. Uh, he has kind of been open about it. So it, it very well could be that other officials were like, hey, this is really bad. We should hide this. And you know, and, and Trump wasn't behind it. But regardless, this is something that they did evidently, according to this whistleblower account, which again is based on numerous officials that this person evidently spoke to. Uh, So let's go on to the next section.
1: We're going to talk about that after a quick break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning.
0: As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make
1: Welcome back, folks. We are breaking down the explosive whistleblower complaint about President Trump's call with the Ukrainian president. And we've talked a lot about the cover-up surrounding this, but there's there's some parts of this. They're, like, almost intensely, like, mafiosi, right? Like, it seems straight up like a protection racket for for Ukraine in the way that he's describing it. And there's one quote about playing ball, or play ball is the exact quote, that really, I think, is striking. Right, Alex? Yeah,
3: and and another part of this whistleblower report that you should know, just to set this passage up quickly, is that there have been interactions between the U.S. and Ukraine kind of leading up to this call. It's sort of like a setup, and, you know, there's usually a lot of grunt work that goes into making sure there's a call between two presidents, and so they kind of are on the same page. Which leads us to this crazy passage. During this same time frame, multiple U.S. officials told me that the Ukrainian leadership was led to believe that a meeting or phone call between the president and President Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, would depend on whether Zelensky showed willingness to quote-unquote play ball on the issues that had been publicly aired by Mr. Lutsenko, who was a, a Ukrainian prosecutor, and Mr. Giuliani, Trump's personal lawyer, so that's
1: the Biden stuff. The issues were the investigation into Biden,
3: it, Biden, and and uh, that cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike, which again, uh, the the mini thing there is, um, Trump seems to believe that CrowdStrike, which uh, looked at the hacked DNC servers back in uh, back in the day when we were worried about Russia hacking into the DNC. Um, CrowdStrike was the one that attributed the hack to Russia. And Trump seems to believe that somehow CrowdStrike took a server from the DNC to Ukraine. Uh, and that that like that has all the incriminating evidence showing that Ukraine was responsible, not Russia. And on top of that, that like
2: Which is a conspiracy yeah. theory yeah. that has no merit whatsoever.
1: None, right. none none whatsoever. Just no, so we're yeah. clear. So the the playball thing is is striking, not only because of the uh Clarity with which it describes the quid pro quo, right, which I think is important because a lot of the White House defense or the Republican defense more accurately has been, well, Trump didn't say you do this and then I do this. No explicit quid pro quo. But here it's describing a multiple – person policy effort that makes it very clear that there was, in fact, a push for a quid pro quo. It wasn't just this one call, but an overall policy of trying to get the Ukrainians on board with this effort to go after Biden in exchange for a White House visit, foreign aid, other different goodies they want from Trump.
2: Right. Yeah. Just to be clear what we're talking about with the quid pro quo, that this for that, right, is the Ukrainian president very much would like to have U.S. military aid to help fight Russia, which, you know, invaded Ukraine and there's this war going on. So in order to even get a phone call, in order to get a meeting, basically Giuliani and these other officials and Trump, you know, later on the phone call is saying, "Okay, you can have those things, but you got to do me a favor first, though, and says then, you know, go into looking into... This investigation and reopening this investigation to Joe Biden, which would then ostensibly look bad and and hurt Biden in the election, right? That's the kind of this for that, right? So that's where you get this idea of Trump actually trying to get something from a foreign country, from a foreign government, abusing the power of his office because he has the power to grant phone calls and meetings with the U.S. president, using that for personal gain in his own personal election fight against ostensibly Joe Biden, who would be his opponent in this Theory.
1: And, and there's more evidence that this wasn't like just a random one-off from Trump, in fact, a premeditated policy. Um, we know that about a week before the call with Zelensky, Trump suspended M- U.S. military aid to Ukraine. Uh, and it was sort of unclear as to why this was happening. But in the whistleblower report, it says a few really interesting things about that which relate to the sort of issue of it being a broader White House policy. Now, I'm, I'm going to read this part. During interagency meetings on 23 July and 26 July, Office of Management and Budget officials again stated explicitly that the instructions to suspend this assistance had come directly from the president, but they were still unaware of a policy rationale. As of early August, I had heard from U.S. officials that some Ukrainian officials were aware that U.S. aid might be in jeopardy, but I do not know how— or when they learned of it. So the implication here is the president directly intervened right before this call when they were working on this sort of play ball policy towards Ukraine and trying to get it conscripted in the 2020 election efforts and put U.S. policy on the line, put U.S. assistance to an ally that is currently engaged in hostilities with Russia and Russian-backed forces in Ukraine on the line for his political ambition, which if that is correct, and that's the clear implication of of this passage in the whistleblower complaint, would be a shocking, a shocking abuse of presidential power.
3: Yeah, let's be clear. Like, back in—I mean, for months, you had lawmakers asking, what was the delay with this lethal aid support, lethal military aid support to Ukraine? And and top Trump officials couldn't answer the question. They didn't really know. And and just to make the point clear, like, some of the, the materials that were looking to be sent were, like, Javelin missiles, which are anti-tank missiles. I mean, these are important things that the Ukrainian military needs if they're going to have any chance of fending off Russians. So, like— the Trump administration had promised as early as 2017 to offer this kind of aid to Ukraine. They've been expecting it. That That's kind of been the the, the cornerstone of U.S.-Ukraine relations in the Trump administration or in the Trump era. And for—so for, Trump would know, he would have to know that withholding that military aid could provide leverage.
2: Okay. And just to kind of wrap it up, there is something that really struck me that I think is the most— For me, the most astounding part of the entire whistleblower complaint, and it comes almost at the very end of the complaint, and it says, according to White House officials I spoke with, this was, quote, not the first time, unquote, under this administration that a presidential transcript was placed into this code word level system solely for the purpose of protecting politically sensitive rather than national security sensitive information. So just to be clear, what the whistleblower is saying is that this whole— cover-up that we've been talking about, trying to hide like the information about what happened on this phone call by putting it in this super secret system of hiding you know, code-word-level classified information. This was not the first time this has happened and could have happened on other phone calls with God knows who. To me, if I'm a member of Congress and I'm reading that, that is where I immediately go, huh? Excuse me? That's where you want to look for even more potential really damaging information.
1: So... That's where we're going to leave you um, at this incredible moment in, in American history. I, I honestly don't even know how to talk about it because this is the biggest scandal of the Trump era so far and, and one of the biggest ones in modern American history. So uh, with with this report out, all I can say is, is hold on to your butts because this is just going to get bigger and more serious. I want to thank our producer, Bird Pinkerton, for throwing together this episode on short notice. We just got the whistleblower complaint right before we recorded. I want to let you know that we're doing an audience survey. It's super useful. takes no more than five minutes. Uh, please help us out and take it at voxmedia.com podsurvey. And have a good week.